Welcome back. Fuck demons, sex monsters, cock gobblers, and goblins alike. <laughs> Marissa's back. A sex educator and women's confidence and sexuality coach. Hey Marissa, guys. how are you doing today? I am so tired, actually. Um, didn't get home last night till about 2.30. I was occupied at a gentleman's house. <laughs> I also didn't get back until 2.30 because I was occupied at a yeah. bachelorette. <laughs> yeah. So I am feeling it this morning. I am feeling it. It's this afternoon, and I am also still feeling it. You know when you- I guess it is okay. this afternoon now. <laughs> I- I woke up so you know when you're like not just hungover because you drank too much but like hungover because you're dehydrated and now have not slept enough yeah so I got up and could not find my Advil anywhere anywhere and I'm like okay clearly you need coffee but also water because if you have coffee with no water it's gonna get worse so I literally sat there was eating my breakfast and drinking my coffee and as the the metaphorical brain fog cleared i realized that the advil was directly in front of me across <laughs> of where i was sitting so uh, that's where i'm at today rough yeah i'm yeah. not quite as bad but i did um listeners i did think that we were recording this podcast several hours earlier than what we had scheduled um and so i woke up at that time and and then i texted ray and said okay let's get on and and she was like what do you mean? It's <laughs> like, like we are not recording yet. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I could have been in bed. I could have stayed in bed for another three hours if I had wanted to. And I'm an idiot. Well, the good <laughs> news is I got some physical activity last night. I played archery tag and bubble soccer, which is That's so fun. Awesome. I love oh, bubble it was soccer. Amazing. It's a good time. It was really funny. Archery tag was fucking amazing. Marissa, did you get any physical activity last night? I had plenty of physical activity last night. Yes. <laughs> um, I got tangled up in a lot of different pretzel games. Nice. You did uh, gymnastics. Little <laughs> gymnastics, a little bit of jujitsu, ground wrestling. You know? Exactly. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's get into it. Okay. The article call is called It's Back Purity Culture 2.0 Gen Z Style from religionnews.com, December 2nd, 2021. And it says purity culture is back. To which my question is, did it ever did it leave? leave? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't so, realize we were free of it. <laughs> pastor Mike Todd made a TikTok about dating and it went viral on Twitter. The young pastor is saying the word dating is not in the Bible and compares it to biblical divorce. Purity culture 2.0 is here and it's concerning. This article then notes the history of the movement, which we discussed in the previous episode. So we're not going to... We're not going to go over it again, but it mentions that critiques of purity culture emerge from both progressives and conservatives and mentions how Harris, the original author of that book that we mentioned episode two or three episodes ago, that started this movement has pulled his book and is getting a divorce. Other evangelicals have not moved on from the message and mentions pastors Todd and Jonathan Pakluda, who have since released books on love, sex and dating, all rooted in purity culture. Pakluda writes... Imagine a piece of tape that has been applied and peeled off, applied and peeled off again and again. Eventually, it will lose its stickiness. It will lose its ability to bond. And of course, his book does not mention LGBTQ plus people. Oh, why would it? Here's a quote. But it's not the pastors who are the most effective creators of Purity Culture 2.0. It's the social media influencers. And then they reference a, a TikTok YouTube video by Nate and Sutton. 
Nate and Sutton are one of many Christian couples who monetize their life and family on YouTube and Instagram, repping products with discount codes while sharing heartfelt self-help advice via personal testimonials about topics like dating, marriage, and parenting. The article continues with speaking about how influencers are influential, specifically because of their ability to come across as authentic and trustworthy. Quote, here's what the follower hears. Strict boundaries keep you from having sex, Nate says in that one video that if they had crossed the line while dating, he would have ended the relationship. Sex is worth waiting for, and God bless them because they obeyed. Unlike purity culture makers in the past, there aren't many Bible verses used to defend their beliefs. Everyday life is supposed to be the proof. In Nate and Sutton's case, they are a beautiful, middle-class couple with two kids, plus one on the way, a dog, a spacious house, and they own multiple businesses. The article names key characteristics of purity culture as fear being the main motivator, but hope being the second. Promises are made that if you are sexually abstinent until marriage, you'll have a great marriage and hot sex. Not mentioned in this article is the other concept, I'm just adding this in, that like you'll never want to look at someone other than your spouse and feel no sexual urges for anyone else because your marriage is so sacred and sexy. That's like another common trope. Like not only are you having hot sex, but you're never going to have a wandering eye. You're never going to want to look for anybody else because, you know, mm -hmm. th that's your reward. Um, so we the article actually ends on a more positive note. Despite the fact that the internet makes these purity culture messages easier to find, it also makes it easier to find the truth and hear from people who are harmed by purity culture. We end with the following. There is a space for sober-minded Christians to tell the truth about their experiences, interpret the Bible carefully, and communicate in a way that is not fearful or careless. There will need to be a vision for what Christian community looks like for LGBTQ plus Christians, for singles who are older than 25, for people who experience divorce and bereavement. And there must be an effort to provide teen evangelicals with thorough, scientific, developmentally appropriate sex education. If social media can convey a distorted message about sex, it can also be a tool to communicate the opposite. I like the ending of that because like, I, I do agree with that. My only issue is like, I guess the vocabulary we use around certain things. Um, like a lot of people I know don't know that they've been ingrained in purity culture. So they don't know to look at purity culture. And we and know what, that like yeah. algorithms on like TikTok and Instagram are only showing you what you're already looking at, but more. Mm -hmm. So you're yeah. not going to find something outside of that echo chamber because of the way the algorithms are working. Exactly. And that's where I think that it's falling short, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, um, I know, I like, I know about a, a couple of different purity things on TikTok and, but I also really like some things that have kind of gone around about escaping purity culture which I think is really cool as well. Um, there was, there's like a sound that's like, I'm a bad bitch. <laughs> and it's, and yeah, it's, it's about escaping purity culture. I like that one, but I wanted to talk. This is the thing that I was mentioning a couple episodes back. I wanted to talk about soaking. I think I called it splashing once because I mix up my words. Um, this, we are not talking about splashing. Yeah. Yeah. Soaking, okay. but it's soaking. And I've, Heard, I heard about this on TikTok and then I questioned some of my friends about it. And it's totally true. Well, what is Where it? You, what is it? <laughs> there's an entire community where they will be, you know, um, courting each other, okay, in their teens. And they will penetrate. And then a friend of theirs will jump on the bed. 
but it is not considered losing your virginity or sex because you are not actively participating. Oh, so what I'm hearing is virginity is virginity is a construct <laughs> is what I'm hearing. Yes, exactly. Wow. And I was when I heard about this, I was like, that's not a real thing. Like, that's not a thing that people do. Like, that can't be. That's not true. Well, that's the same thing. <laughs> We're like, this is it. Some people who are abstinent will put in the tip and just hold it there. But because they don't thrust, it's not losing your virginity. Exactly. And, you know, it's not sex because it's in the, you know, it's anal. And it's like, that's. Yeah. What? You know, like that's, you know, those Catholic girls are really, really, you know, they're so freaky because they'll, they'll let you do it in the butt. It's like, what? Like, that's. So, how and are they, you? That's true in some places, but not all of them. Like, yeah. not all Catholic girls who are staying abstinent until marriage are doing it in the butt. It's like. Yeah, that's true. Not like for sure. Oh, God, no. But, um, but I know several. Wow. I know several. But like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Guys, since when is anal a thing? Like, anal takes so much more work. Right? Like. It's so much more work. It's, and it, like, I could imagine, I mean, I'm sure you've seen the like, hol- not hollow notes, but like the, the parody. Maybe that, um, I can't remember their name, but they have the fuck me in the ass because I love Jesus. Oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah. 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 Maybe that sweet sensation, some desperate salvation, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like like, you've got it pretty memorized. Right. But then at the end of it, you see them like, like you see them sort of joking about how like it's actually very painful and not pleasant at all. And it's kind of like, why, why would you rather do like, you know, these are teenagers who aren't doing it right. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you know for a fact that it's probably unpleasant. So why would you choose to do something that's so physically painful? Is it because you think sex is supposed to be painful because of the message Period. you've been taught by purity <laughs> culture? So you're like, exactly. oh, this is what it's going to feel like in my vagina, except it's just a butthole. Like, no. like, I, uh, Oh, my God. I still oh think God. that you should do a workshop on anal 101. Mm. I still think that people would sign up to that and go to it and see it. Hell, the problem is like getting good. the supplies. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like if I was going to do this, um, I would need to have like a variety of supplies. And I know people would be expecting like a hands on like they'd want like a visual demonstration to a certain extent. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm willing to do that visual demonstration, but I am willing to like talk people through it. So if people are willing to go to a talk through lesson yeah. where they can ask questions and we can talk about it, that's fine. But I don't know if I would say anything that isn't easily accessible on the Internet from other people. I don't know. That's, fair. that's maybe fair. something to consider. Yeah. Maybe my next free webinar to gain leads, you know? There <laughs> <laughs> you go. Yeah. Anal 101. Um, but I wanted to, like... Um, I wanted anal 101 to... for Catholic girls who want to remain pure for Jesus. <laughs> that can be your theme song. Fuck me in the ass I love Jesus. <laughs> I, yeah. My mother, my Jewish mother, who runs a very successful daycare, would fucking love that. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyways, yeah. I wanted to, like, I, I was thinking about the this a lot and like how it's presenting like how purity culture is kind of presenting nowadays and um like from my own experiences it was like I I've said this many times small town Alberta I went to a Catholic school and the Catholic school and the public school had the same dress codes um but it was just a lot like more accepted like it was sort of more accepted if you broke dress code at the at the public school but i got so many saturday detentions in public in in catholic school because of my dress code because i actually refused to wear the dress code um 
And my mom actually had to come to the school and say to them, like, listen, uh, she's not going to be attending any more Saturday detentions uh, based on dress code because we were like, we didn't have a lot of money. And uh, so I moved, I moved to the Catholic school in grade 10. And she was like, yeah, Marissa is not going to be attending any more Saturday detentions because of dress code. Um, we do not have the funds to like recreate her closet based on your dress code. Um, and you accepted her wearing, like you accepted her into the school while she was wearing a top with cleavage. Like, <laughs> like so she's like, this is, she's not going to be doing it anymore. I find uh, it so interesting that people assume that girls show shirts with cleavage because they're trying to be immodest. But I was showing shirts with cleavage when I was in high school because I'm actually much, I fit, my boobs are smaller now than they were when I was in high school. And I could mm-hmm. not buy clothes that were affordable and targeted to my demographic that were not low cut. Exactly. And they're the kind of thing where like my friend who is smaller chested did not show as much cleavage, but because I was short which means everyone was looking down my shirt like if I look straight on I was showing maybe like a half inch at most of cleavage but everyone can see down my shirt so it seemed like it was a lot more than it was but on top of that like I wasn't wearing shirts that showed cleavage because I was trying to show off my boobs it's that I did not care that I had boobs and I was wearing the things that were targeted to my demographic yeah you're wearing things that were cool and trendy and in but you had boobs so it's so people I, assume I, it's for so attention. So people assume it's for attention. And like, don't get me wrong. I, I There was points in my Catholic school time where I was just like, fuck you. It's a plunging neckline today. <laughs> yeah. But but that was more like, I that was more of a, a fuck you to the school than like. <laughs> than about showing off your body. Yeah. And when you assume that someone is showing. Yeah. I mean, I think we all know why. Dress codes are bullshit. Uh, most of us, I think, agree with that. But and specifically because they frequently target um, feminine bodies feminine and feminine bodies. body parts and imply that they are sexual say. just for existing, just for those mm-hmm. of us who don't know that. Um, but I actually had a friend tell me the story today. This friend of mine is uh, non-binary, but presents as feminine a lot of the time. And they posted on Reddit about something something stupid and someone and she happened to be posting a photo of herself asking for an opinion and uh, this non-binary friend goes by she day. So if I say she, that's why. Um, and they, they, she was wearing a sports bra, but they're generously endowed. So even with mm. the sports bra on, there was like the cleavage line. And so some straight dude commented like, oh, the cleavage alone makes you a 10 out of 10, something like that. And my friend was like disturbed and disgusted and took it, basically responded with, um, well, my chest gives me body dysmorphia. So now my mental health set is zero out of 10. So thank you. And then screenshotted that whole thing and posted in a non-binary group basically being like can you believe this guy and the non-binary group who's composed with very young people basically started slut shaming her and being like well why were you wearing such a low-cut shirt and like well then why were you show you know what I mean like like you were wearing a very low-cut shirt and just this whole idea that like which like adults adults who've come to terms with with their identity they don't judge you for having a body but like I thought it was very telling that young people see non-binary as not feminine or rejecting body parts of yours that are associated with a feminine body. 
Despite the fact that this is just her body. She can be non-binary and still have boobs and still dress feminine and still be non-binary. But we have this assumption that when you're non-binary, that means that you dress androgynously all the time and Mm -hmm. you can't wear a piece of clothing that is functional that also still happens to show your body. And I don't know. It was like a very strange, like, enforcement of non-gendered gender roles, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And yeah, all of this kind of links back to the whole, like, breasts are always sexual they can't just be a body part and you know that once mm-hmm. again links back to purity culture yeah yeah for sure um i I'm kind of linking it back to tiktok even there's a sound that's going around that's like um am i wearing am i showing too much cleavage or am i just a woman with boobs mm-hmm. you know <laughs> like you know yeah like you know yeah it's crazy and like um I actually got called a prostitute by one of my teachers in school. Really? Um, yeah. Why did you uh, go to Catholic school? I was bullied a lot in public school. So it was the um, only other option. And yeah, there was it was the only other option. And and I like my best friend moved away in grade 10. And I had like the she had moved away twice in my public school kind of times. And uh and she was like my lifeline in that school. Um, I had a really hard kind of go in public school after grade five, after grade six. Um, there was like a hostile takeover. It was a thing. It was a whole okay tragic. So you thing. needed to but, switch um, schools, and the only other option was the Catholic school, which I was apparently better than. Actually, I would. I still, even though some of the things I faced at Catholic school, I would make that decision in a heartbeat again. Um, okay. It was the best decision for me. It got me away from my, like, um, my bullies and it allowed me to kind of like figure out who I was individually from being kind of like torn down all the time. Because even though there were aspects of Catholic school that, um, that were more judgmental, there was still a more, there was more of an acceptance around like my poverty and there was an acceptance around like, I am not my family. And like, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. And, um, and the public school did not have that and Catholic school did. And that's what I needed in order to kind of develop who I was. Mm -hmm. Um, and I still had such a strong kind of like base home life with my mom that I was comfortable pushing back against Catholic ideals that I didn't agree with. So like in religion class, we would, we would talk about euthanasia, abortions, homosexuality, different things like that. And I would always be on the on the side of like, I think abortions should be pro-choice. I think there's nothing wrong with homosexuality. I think that if like So you were the you Jewish girl to... and saved, is what yeah. I'm hearing. Yes, I was the Jewish girl and saved. Yeah. Everybody um, go watch Saved right now. Everybody. It was great. It was a great movie. But yeah, I was called a prostitute in Catholic school by one of my teachers and my mom flipped her shit and went to school and was like, and I was wearing hoop, like big hoop earrings. And uh, it's, a, it's, it's like, you know, what would have made you a sex worker selling services for selling sex yeah. services for money, not wearing not hoops. my big ass hoop earrings. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and even my principal made me uh, come in to show my grad dress to him um because he assumed it would be too revealing because everybody knew that it was cheetah print it was like a full cheetah print dress mm-hmm. and i had so many dress code violations he made me come in to show him my dress i was the only person that had to do that fun yeah. <laughs> like that was it was crazy yeah yeah 
But it's not just like schools that still have this like image. It's like workplaces as well. Like workplaces still have dress codes that um, perpetuate like purity culture in a big way. And um, I under the guise of it. like professionalism. Exactly. Which is what, I, yeah. And like that, it was frequently like under the guise of professionalism. It's why like black women couldn't wear their natural hair at work because mm-hmm. it wasn't professional and some shit like that. Yeah, I mean, I my uh, my manager once said to me at work because I was wearing space buns, like she said, "Do you think that's a professional hairstyle?" And because I am who I am, I said to her, "Are you insinuating that my hairstyle has something to do with my efficacy, like, and my ability to do my job?" And like, you know, like, and she was like, "Oh, never mind then." And I was like, "That's right." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, good thing I work for myself. Oh God, now I need to. One other. Oh man, when I worked at uh, the youth group. I wasn't allowed to wear jeans with like rips in them because that was un- this is nothing to do with purity culture. Ripped jeans were not professional, but regular jeans and the branded T-shirt were. And I was like, I hate this dress code. This is stupid. Like mm-hmm. it was supposed to be like business casual, but like youth group casual. So like I could wear like official work pants on certain days or it was jeans. I could only wear leggings if there was no way that I was going to be talking to a parent. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I work for a youth group. Do you think they're going to care? So the only pair of jeans I owned the entire time I worked there, and still the only, like, was just one pair of black skinny jeans. And as mm-hmm. soon as I left, I started buying, like, ripped jeans again because they got comfy and were, like, wait, just black skinny jeans are, like, the millennial uniform, and I actually hate them. <laughs> they totally are. I do, they don't I actually look good on people. Like, Shut up. Uh, I love my black skinny jeans. <laughs> I, I just think that, like at that point like they they look as good as leggings do except maybe they do look good on people i don't like how they look on me i feel like i'm packaged sausage (laughs) and like i really hate the way that like the zipper stands away from like the fattest part of my stomach it makes it look like that like the mom stomach like Mm. you know all stomachs are beautiful mine is beautiful too i really don't like how jeans those jeans make me look or feel i will wear the exact same thing basically but in a legging with pockets and feel a million times more confident and like, you know, I just think it's ridiculous because half of them are made of the same material, but like leggings aren't professional, but, yeah. but jeans I mean, are. We're not allowed at work, um, at my nine to five. They're like the dress code for, for people who identify as men, uh, men are, is like suits or like slacks and a shirt. And that's all like, that's the only thing for women and uh, people who identify as women or whatever um femme yeah if yeah it's Femme uh, presenting people in this scenario there's like 15 20 different regulations um we're not allowed to wear tight fitting clothing do you know how many items of clothing i have that are not tight fitting zero yeah ex- i like my why body. are you not i like wear- my okay. body shape yeah like like tight fitting clothing jeez jesus christ you know <laughs> yeah yeah but this is like how it's being, how it's still being forced, enforced, how purity culture is still being enforced in ways that we don't always recognize, but it's the skies of, um, you know, they're not, it's kind of like social media influencers. They're not quoting Bible verses, but they're talking about how wonderful their life is because they waited for, for, for marriage. Or these, you'll be, you'll see these, uh, like femme presenting people talking about how much more respected they are because they cover up. Yeah. And it's like, right, I get that. But the whole point is that you shouldn't have to in order to be respected. People should respect you despite how much skin you're showing. Because that's not a hallmark of professionalism. How much skin I'm showing should have absolutely nothing to do with my ability to do my job. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 
And like, if you're going to sexualize me because I wore something like fine, I don't know. But like, okay, I'll give you an example of something, right? I, we know this, I go to a martial arts gym and like, dude, we all get fucking camel toe in our leggings, right? Like you're working, you're kicking, it goes inside you. You bring that leg back down, it stays inside you, right? You got like Like, a nice little, you get like a nice little, like, you know, the vagina and the vulva wedgie. Yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. but that's what, but like at some yeah. point, like if you have a certain shaped vulva, you're getting it. There's going to be, there's going to be the camel toe. So there's like a lot of us going around rocking the camel toe. We're curvy girls. We like, you know, we got some fat puss. We know it's going to happen. And guess what? <laughs> Nobody fucking says anything. Right. Uh-huh. Cause we just know that like, okay, you're at the gym. This is what's going to happen. You're going to have fucking camel toe. Right. And like, there are certain uh, people with like penises and testicles that will work out. And like, sometimes, you know, they're wearing knuckle. They're wearing their little spats. Yeah. But like also the guys will full on change down into their like they bend over and their boxers are see-through. And like, I don't say anything. I notice, but I don't say anything because I'm not a fucking weirdo. <laughs> but also like it's kind of like who fucking cares, right? Like we're in the yeah. gym, we're rolling around on each other. Who cares? You just politely go hmm, and like ignore it and and look away if you notice, you know? Like that's it. Nobody says anything. If someone was wearing like if a woman was wearing see-through leggings. And I noticed, I'd be like, just letting you know, see through when you bend over, because, you know, we want to fucking know that because our thongs shift and then everything's out, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's that's important to know. But, like, nobody's being judged. Nobody's being thought to be inappropriate. No one is, like... Nobody is, cares. If yeah. It's, yeah. That's it. It's like, oh, your body part is accidentally showing? Okay. Who cares? This is what happens, you know? Like, that's it. I will say that I do find it very distracting when the gym owner, Mike, decides to take off his shirt and jump rope while we're okay. in our classes. Yeah. I find it very distracting and I'm okay with it. I mean, And I, I have full on was... said in class, I'm sorry, I can't right now. I'm very distracted. <laughs> and all the other women in the class are like, right? Because <laughs> Mike, well, I mean... Mike is jumping rope shirtless and he will at the end of class go, I can't jump rope shirtless in my own gym ray without you sexualizing me and i'm like that's correct <laughs> um well i mean there are plenty of reasons to be distracted in your gym um, however yeah but- <laughs> however if i was gonna say if if mike had said something like those comments make me really uncomfortable and i'm yeah. not gonna stop i would stop like one i'm not sexually harassing him in his place of work um just to clarify for my listeners yeah um, but it is very fun for all of us to like you know peripherally watch while we're doing other shit that's how you get punched in the face anyway <laughs> not paying attention um, have you ever seen that movie uh p.s i love you who hasn't so i actually love the quote by um lisa kudrow there I, I don't like i don't love it in certain ways and i love it in others because when i'm objectifying like my friends and it's kind of like comedy like you're just like yeah talking about you know they'll be like don't objectify me and i'm like it is my divine right, you know, <laughs> like, um, from men, like from people staring at my tits instead of shaking my hand. Like I now have the divine right to stare at your backside with cheap, vulgar appreciation if I want to. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. 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 You don't. Yeah. If you're um, going to objectify me. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's clarify. You don't have that divine right. Um, but in it's the context of your friend group. When it is your friend group and it is a comedy or like known thing, it's yeah, it's fun. Yeah. What do you think of um like 
purity culture TikTok influencers being like, look at how great my life is. And this is because I stayed abstinent. It's like, no, it has nothing to do with you staying abstinent. Yeah. Yeah. It is. The fact that you think that all of that was in your control and not like a product of circumstance, like fuck off. Well, I think that, I think that social media, people need to understand that social media isn't real, you know, (laughs) like, um, like there's parts of it that are sure, but you're getting a anywhere between like, you know, a 15 second to one minute snapshot of somebody's life. You don't see what happens, you know, um, behind closed doors. You don't see what happens, you know in their everyday life there are plenty of social media influencers i know at this point that portray this like absolutely beautiful relationship that they're just like obsessed with and blah blah, blah. and the next week they're like we're divorcing mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so it's like that's it's not real you know and portraying portraying that it's you've got all these amazing successful things because you were absent in some marriage it's just another way that social media isn't portraying reality yeah hearing you say that makes me really happy alex is not on social media Mm because i feel like if he was i would be that person kind of like selling our life is the perfect dream life but like that's not it's kind of like you don't want to air your dirty laundry on Mm -hmm. purpose right like you don't want people to know that but at the same time like when you don't they're saying it feels authentic, but the thing is, it's not, it feels authentic, but it isn't because you're only getting access to certain parts of this person. I mean, that's my wife, Bay Ray account, right? Like you're getting mm-hmm. access to certain parts of my life, but not all of my life. And that's fine. That's okay. It's a public thing. People don't deserve 100% access to my life. We don't deserve 100% access to these influencers' lives. Mm-hmm. The difficulty is that they are now making money off of selling of this. this advice yeah. and they're not doing it responsibly. They're not showing when things are going wrong or like giving an accurate reflection of how they got where they are. They're tying Uh these things together and saying this is good. And they're not saying this works for us and we liked it and it worked. They're saying this works for us and will work for you too. Uh And that's the issue. And I think um, that kind of leads really well into like my next point here. It's like it people are people i know people are like well at least we're not you know doing honor killings and at least we're not you know at least we don't do like female gender mutilation and and like those kinds but of we things. don't teach about the clitoris like- so if it doesn't exist to you what's i mean i know that they're not really exactly the same like i know they're yeah. not the same thing but like we don't even teach people they have a clitoris like yeah it's like just because your your brand of you know um of purity culture isn't like physically mutilating somebody doesn't make it less damaging to somebody (laughs) well psychological damage has just as many long lasting effects as physical damage exactly yeah actually I don't like female genital mutilation is is banned in Canada but I don't really understand why male genital mutilation isn't and why you're still allowed to circumcise penises um i don't know but i might have to uh recuse myself from this conversation as a jewish person as a jewish person can you actually you know what i can talk i can talk a little bit about it i have personal opinions about it that do not align Mm -hmm. with public jewish perception part of that is because i'm married to a non-jew and Mm -hmm. so i actually had never thought about circumcision at all like it was just accepted it was just normal um and theoretically one of the reasons why it's allowed is because there's still the debate on is it more hygienic is it not more hygienic and Mm. some doctors say yes and some doctors say no and then other people say it actually helps with xyz but like um 
you'll have some guys say it didn't affect sensitivity or it did, but it's like, how would you know if you, mm-hmm. if you're born with it or not? Um, and there's religious, like it has a deep religious root and tradition for a lot of people. Um, and there's really only one kind versus I know that female genital mutilation, there's lots there's of like different lots kinds, of kinds and like the worst kind is like chopping off a dick. So that being said, I met before Alex, a Russian Jewish guy at Oasis Aqua Lounge who was very anti-circumcision. And that was the first in my life I'd met a Jewish person who was anti-circumcision. It turns out he was uncircumcised because of the Russian tradition. They don't do that. It had to do with like protection. And that was something that they stopped doing. And then he moved to Israel with his family and he got teased so mercilessly for his foreskin that he decided to get the surgery. And it is his biggest regret. He's like, he's lost sensitivity. He's like, like it genuinely did change how he, like his um, ability to experience pleasure. And so he's a big advocate for ending um, circumcision for that reason. And I had never thought about it. He was the first person to make me actually question my own upbringing. And then mm-hmm. I met Alex and Alex was like, we're, I don't want kids. You don't want kids. But if we're going to be together, I need to know your opinion about circumcision. And I was like, I honestly, in this scenario, don't care. I was like, I, if I married a Jewish person and they want to circumcise their kid, I'd probably be like, okay. And if I married a non-Jew and they're like, I don't want to circumcise my kid, I would have been like, yeah, okay. Like, it doesn't matter to me. It's not my body part. But after having now, like, worked in sex ed for a while and really just really come to understand consent and autonomy, um, I would not. Because this is someone who is not old enough to say whether they want this or not. Mm-hmm. And, like, I understand that people, like, in the Jewish tradition are like, this is the covenant we made with God. And this is the first thing God commanded us to do. And, like, this is the covenant. This is the covenant. And all I can think is... We're not desert people anymore. Um, so, and we know better. And we mm-hmm. have different ways of talking and thinking about things. So you can do that for you. I would not do it for me. And it's just this very uncomfortable thing because then it brings up these like deeper questions about like your religious connection. And some people would now say, well, I'm not Jewish at all for having this opinion. And like, which is, it's so much more complicated than that. But I think if our entire religion falls apart because we stop circumcising our kids and maybe it deserves to. That's think, that's yeah. my personal opinion, um, but that is not a Jewish opinion. Like that is gotcha. me, an individual Jewish person's opinion. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, like I'm not a rabbi. Anyway, that's um, I, yeah. <laughs> I want to like piggyback off that actually because it's a it's a very strongly held Jewish tradition, the circumcised, right? And that's that's foyered into Christianity as well. Like that's something that carried over into the New Testament. Okay, yeah, <laughs> and um. And I know people who think it's absolutely disgusting uh, when their partners have like are uncircumcised. Um, and I'm That's just so like, sad. I don't, I don't think it like for me, bo- it's body shaming. It's body. Yeah. I'm just like, how would I feel if I had like, if I had a large inner labia, you know, or like a large, yeah. Like large labias. How would I feel if somebody made fun of that? Or was like, oh, I can't put my face into any person's body with large inner labia. They're so gross and disgusting. And like, oh man, those, those people should really have them removed. Mm -hmm. Like that's exactly. Yeah. That's terrible. And like, um, to be, to be very honest with you and very like, um, yeah, I, I actually prefer an uncircumcised penis because it's movable, I guess. You've got the sleeve to work with? Yeah, I prefer it. And I'm the only one of my friends that I, that we've, we've had this conversation a lot. Um, 
and I've I've had to explain why, um, why, and none of them have really been with uncircumcised men, and now they're like looking at it and being like, oh maybe, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, mm, let me yeah. go find one. Yeah, um, exactly. You want to talk sexual debuts? That moment when you are like used to one kind of penis, and then you your first boyfriend, and that's the only penis you know, and then you switch to a new guy who's got a different kind of dick. And like you go from a guy, a, you know, a circumcised guy who wants death grip, literally wants death grip to someone with a foreskin yeah. who's like, ah, why are you, why are you, why are you hurting me? And they're like, why are you trying to rip it off? And you're like, oh, you don't want that. You know, that was a fun learning moment. I think it's just interesting going from like penis to penis as well. Like. And seeing all, all the different, different shapes yeah. and sizes and guys are like the clitoris and... is so hard and like every girl's different and wants it different. I'm like, you think your dicks are any different? Like, right? Ugh. Like you all want it different. You know that one guy where like he has that weird work the tip motion, and you're like, I don't have the same hand size as you. If I work your tip, it's not gonna feel like that. Or the other guy who wants like the full top to bottom shaft wizard sleeve situation. I'm making mm-hmm. gestures, listeners, that you're missing out on. <laughs> um and then you're like, oh my god, I gotta work on my forearms. You know, I'm getting some yeah. tennis elbow. Like, you know, they're also all different. it's just like I always laugh because I've had this conversation actually with a couple of my partners. Um, they'll say something, and I'm like, you realize I'm not, I'm not at the same angle as you are. <laughs> so I actually, my I wrist can't, can't do that. Yeah. So like, I actually can't do that unless I'm doing it from up here. <laughs> yeah. From like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Oh man, um, this has been fun. Yeah, yeah. I had, I still like listeners. I have metallic braces on my bottom set of teeth, and I actually had a full conversation with um the guy I was seeing last night because I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to perform oral sex on you. <laughs> like, you know? yeah. And he's like, really? Why? And I was like, I, I just don't want to get stuck. And he, he thought it was fine, but. I don't know why I'm sure that. Um, but like, well, it seemed relevant in my head for a second. <laughs> um, I feel like if we're at this point in the conversation, that means yeah. it's time for a break. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is your casual, super chill reminder that we have podcast swag. Do you want a hat that says fuck demon? We have those, among other items. You can find them through sharewithray.com slash merch or head to my Etsy store, send nudes by Ray. And we're back. Marissa, are you ready for today's listener question, which is actually today in Ray's DMs? Okay. Okay. <coughs> so here's the thing. Uh, this is an actual DM that I got through my coaching Instagram. And so one of, I'm going to explain a few things after, but basically this is one of those conversations where like, you're not quite sure what it's about, but like last time I was texting with a guy and I thought he was just trying to like verbally masturbate with me, but like then masturbate to what I responded. He ended up being a paying client. So now I have certain keywords and key phrases that I will throw in to make it non-sexual to make sure if they're serious or not. Are you ready? This is from a guy whose username is Secret Face. I'm outing him because this is disgusting. He says, hello, do you help with self-image? And I said, hi there. Can you tell me more about what your struggle is? And he says, it's with below and I don't want to sound weird, LOL. So I respond with, you're struggling with how you perceive your genitals. Is that correct? And he says, the actual size, it's too big and it frustrates me a lot. Yeah. At which point I said, is this something you've reached out for professional support before? And that's when he stopped responding because I wasn't about to engage with the size of his dick. So Mm -hmm. we have had this question on the podcast before, but I'm going to summarize this question as, does dick size matter? 
Can a large dick be too large? If we're struggling with dick size, how can we make sure to reach out in a way that shows the person that you're not just jerking off to what they're saying? This is my, how I'm going to summarize this. So does dick size matter? I would say mm-hmm. to some people, yes. Yeah. I, like, I, yes. I think dick shape also matters. I do agree. But I would say like, yes, it matters, but not the way you think it does. Right. People don't necessarily only want a big dick or a long dick or a certain size dick. Like each person is going to have sort of their like, like I have plenty of female friends who are straight who enjoy um, an average dick with a particular curve or a sm- slightly smaller dick because they have like vaginismus and it's really hard for them to relax, you know? And then other people who are like, I only want big dicks um, because that's the only thing I can feel. So mm-hmm. yes, it matters, but not in the way that porn tells you it does. Right. Like a bigger, uh, so my viewpoint is a bigger dick is not necessarily going to make me experience more pleasure. But if you are self-conscious about your small dick, that is going to make me feel less pleasure. Right. Because you have to like cater to their baby emotions. Exactly. So that's when dick size matters to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When it's affecting your self-esteem and then it's affecting the actual emotional connection. Yeah. All right. Can a large dick be too large? Yes. Yet can it actually frustrate people? Yes. So I've heard, I heard for the first time when I was in my like early 20s or like maybe 18, 19 from the LARP community, this joke that someone said casually about a guy, which is like, oh yeah, that guy is dick so big. It's too large to get hard. Like it doesn't. Meaning like his dick is so big, his body cannot pump enough blood to it to actually make it get fully rigid. That is what they said. Now, that being said, um, that is actually a thing. But then I brought this up with Steve as a joke. And he was like, yeah, so does that mean his dick was 13 13 inches long or bigger? And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? And that's when I found out from Steve. I don't know if this is scientifically accurate. I am not going to say, don't quote me on this. But he said something like he looked it up. And if your dick is over 13 inches, it is actually physically impossible for it to get hard. Because your body cannot pump enough blood. In the case of this casual friend in the LARP group, it was more like genuinely like it was just a really thick dick. Same thing. But it was able Mm -hmm. to get like half hard, but it wasn't able to get like that full rigidity that some average dicks or other dicks can get. But I don't know if it was because of the size so much as just that's how his body worked. Gotcha. That was just my fun. Can a large dick be too large? Apparently, I just think it can. I mean, I've I've actually been with somebody who had a very a very large penis and um like it was pain it made it painful for me yeah yeah so it like to me it was like i yeah right can like, it d- i will i will i will actively turn away a penis that's in front of me if it's if i'm like i'm not going to enjoy that like right i don't want yeah so too large is also subjective and personal yes So let's say someone is struggling with their dick size and they want to reach out to a professional for help. How can they do so? What could they say? Probably just... Yeah, go. I was going to say, I actually have a friend of mine um, who's working down in Mexico right now who is is, um, working towards a career in coaching men around insecurities that have to do with dick size. And I really want to ask him what he thinks about this question. Mm, okay, well, you yeah. should. We won't have him on the podcast, but we should definitely ask. Yeah. Um, I would yeah. Like, I would just reach out. Like, the thing, like, being 
sex sexuality coaches and sexual health educators me and you get me and you get conversations like this all the time where somebody's act like somebody's literally just trying to jerk off to to whatever the answer is whatever your answer is yeah and you can tell um like i could tell that this person it's it's i don't want to it's with below and i don't want to sound weird as soon as you're starting to use for me it's like you're not identifying the problem you're actually masking it by saying it's with below and you you want me to say what the problem is yeah he wanted me to say oh are you struggling with your penis or your dick or like i don't know Mm -hmm. what it was yeah so you could literally just say like hey i have an ex blah 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 like you just have to come out and say hi i hear you're a professional coach i'm really struggling with self-image because my penis is xyz and this is really affecting my Mm self-confidence um can you help with that exactly how uh, are you able to help with this what would the process be of finding out more Mm -hmm. right like that's it that's all you have to do and yeah. if you are struggling with your self-image and dick size, it's going to be therapy or coaching or, um, you know, some self-work because it's a yeah. self-image issue. There's nothing you can physically do about it. So you have to learn how to love what you already have. Yeah, it's very true. And manage, yeah. Um, do okay. you want to read the sex ed story of the week or should I? Sex ed story. I'll keep doing it. I've done them thus far in this season. So Sounds good. <laughs> okay. I got married when I was 19. My wife and I had never had sex. She hadn't even seen my penis. Uh, But love conquers all, right? Uh, Sex isn't that important, and it's beautiful in the context of marriage. Uh, We had no idea what we were doing and had the worst sex ever. I'm assuming he means on his wedding night. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, six years later, we found ourselves in the middle of divorce. That was absolutely brutal. Beautiful her, brutal me. And one of the major reasons we fell in love with each other is because we had absolutely zero sexual chemistry. We got to a point where we didn't even want to touch each other. Um, after that, I swore, faith or not, that I wouldn't even enter into a relationship with having sex without having sex with someone first. It's way too important in a relationship to leave it up to chance. <laughs> That's a definite great sex ed story. And exactly yeah. talks about why purity culture is, is like romantic and sexual are not the same parts of your brain. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and teaching people that sex isn't in- important um it isn't that important and it's beautiful in the context of only in the context of marriage it's it, you set people up for failure you set that's setting somebody up for failure you're yeah you're absolutely um god i'm so i, I can't i don't know what i'm trying to say right now i should have taken my vivance this morning hmm. um <laughs> um but that's um, what the the marissa action figure is going to say that <laughs> like I should have taken, should have my, taken my Vivance this morning. That's a good catchphrase. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I am so glad that my mom always told me she just she test drive the cock. Do yeah. not commit to somebody fully for your entire life until you test drive that cock. <laughs> well, yeah. like one thing that I find interesting is this idea that why do people get married historically so that you could there are many reasons, but one of the reasons is also so you can have sex in a socially approved way. Mm-hmm. And so if the whole point of being married is that you can fuck someone and like get down and dirty and like really have a good time and it's now approved saying, oh, well, sex isn't really that important. It's like, that's the whole reason the whole for point marriage. Of marriage. Yeah. yeah like, like, so, oh, if you don't have a sexual connection, it's not a big deal because you have all these other things. It's like, what? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I understand for asexual people, 
the point of marriage might be different. I'm talking more in like a historical context of like the church saying get married so that you can have sex mm-hmm. as opposed to, or go to hell, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, marriage was like sexual rights as well. Like saying, like identifying who like the, uh, the biological parents of the child were and stuff like that. And, yeah. You know, like that kind of stuff. It's like, actually it's, it's very important <laughs> to some people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Marissa, where can people follow you? Um, I can be found at Instagram underscore Marissa the Dish. Uh, I talk on there about purity culture, sex ed topics, sexuality, how to be confident in your life, your body, and in the bedroom. Join the Deviants to Finding Elite. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Sex News with Ray. Submit a listener question or your sex ed story through sharewithray.com slash podcast or email sex. Oh, that's not the email, right? Sharewithray.com. Or DM me. Where can you DM me? Through the sex news with Ray Instagram at wifebayray on Instagram and TikTok. Share with Ray uh, for coaching, but you can DM me there too. For latex content, you could follow at Razor Latex. And to see my butt in all of its glory, follow my OnlyFans at Razor Latex. This podcast is produced by me and engineered by Josh from Josh T-Film and is hosted at sexmusicbrace.podbean.com. The theme music is by Blink and Brilliant and the logo is by Dolly Shots Photography.